2: It's 17.30 GMT. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM Broadcasting from Adabraka in Accra. My name is Umar Sanda Amadou and tonight I'm here with Inusafo. And coming up over the next 90 minutes. The
3: penchant of the faith of this Buddha to overrule my rulings It will say the least, unconstitutional, illegal and offensive.
2: The centre seems not to be holding at the Speakership of Parliament. The cracks are deepening after Speaker Bagbin slammed his deputy, Joe Osewusu, for overturning an earlier ruling he made. This will be the second time the Speaker is taking on his deputy. Tonight we ask, is the Speakership of the House now divided on party lines? Also coming up, University of Ghana lecturers join the UEW teachers' to reject plans to suspend strike by the University Teachers Association of Ghana, (UTAG), And later on Eyewitness News, NPP members in Formula in India Ashanti region kick against what they describe as a ploy to impose Deputy Speaker, who is also independent MP for Formula Andres Yama, on them. We'll be hearing exactly what their concerns are. Stay with 97.3 CTF and for more on that and many other stories on Eyewitness News. And in business...
4: Auditor General John Sinekwe Amwasiedu charges Finance Ministry to strictly sanction individuals or institutions found culpable of misapplying or misusing public funds, per its reports.
2: That's Ellen Dapa with the latest in the world of business in the next uh, 50 minutes. Eyewitness News is live across the country on a number of affiliate stations, including Beach FM 105.5 in Takradi. On Bono FM, in Bono region, we are on Storm 101.9 FM in Sunyani. In the Ashanti region, we are on Focus 94.3 in Kumasi. In the Volta region, this is Revival 99.3 in Tajavu. In the Northern region, we are on Radio Bimbila 91.9 FM in Bimbila in the Eastern part of the Northern region. In the Upper East, we are on Tanga Radio 93.7 in the regional capital, Bolga. And in the Upper West region, we are also on Tunsung 97.3 in WA. Eyewitness News is interactive. Do join us using our various social media platforms on WhatsApp and Telegram is 549 986 549 Send tweets using the hashtag City Newsroom. Tweet at Umaru Sanda or at City 973. And the world will hear what do you think? We begin from Parliament, which has been a place and a source of news for us since the elections of 2020 were concluded. We have some new developments, some new twists, some fresh information. Enno, please tell us.
0: The Speaker of Parliament, Alban Bagbin, has described as unconstitutional, illegal and offensive what he calls the pension of the first deputy speaker to overturn his rulings. The first deputy speaker on Tuesday dismissed a private member's motion from the minority for a probe into COVID-19 expenditure. Expressing reservations about the incident, the speaker urged the concerned MPs to formally challenge the ruling of the first deputy speaker
3: the first deputy speaker has taken the chair and has made a ruling which in fact was to overrule a position I had earlier on established before the house. In fact, the second deputy speaker was, the first deputy speaker was in my office. And what I'm telling you today, I told him before he left to the airport. The first deputy speaker has contended and rightfully so on several occasions that he is not the speaker i have also on several occasions alluded to various areas of parliamentary practice where when the speaker is in the chair makes a ruling another presiding officer may not overturn that ruling my former statement on the matters arising from the budget and captured in paragraph 46, read as follows. And I quote, honorable members, although outstanding orders are silent on this, many standing orders and rules from several sister parliaments provide persuasive rules, which suggest that when the speakers or acting speakers are in the chair, whatever happens in the house is that officer's responsibility and the speaker cannot be called upon to overrule it similarly the reverse is also the case that when a speaker is in the chair whatever happens in the house is the speaker's responsibility and the deputy speaker or acting speaker cannot be called upon to overrule it coach that was what I read to the house that day. The penchant of the first deputy speaker to overrule my rulings it to say the least, unconstitutional, illegal, and offensive. Be that as it may, I shall not be taking any steps to overrule the decision of the first deputy speaker to dismiss the motion as moved by the Honourable Ranking Member of the Finance Committee. The Deputy Speakers and I will deliberate on how to present a more coherent and uniform structure in respect of rulings so that the House is guided at all times during deliberations. Our standing orders provide a procedure for challenging the rulings of the chair, and those agree, but the rulings will take the necessary steps. The process of the parliamentary motion may thus be guided by the standing orders of the house to right the wrong. I hope this is understood, and I repeat, I hope this statement provides a much-needed clarity on the matters of this that arose yesterday. And I hope we can forge ahead for the common good of the people who have entrusted us with leadership and the mandate to better their lives. The standing orders will guide those who brought the motion and the property will be done for the house to consider the motion.
0: The speaker also threatened to cause the marshal to throw out persons who disrupt proceedings in the house.
3: We are all mature adults. What I'm talking about is still happening. The marshal department gets ready. I'll be compelled to get the marshal to get people arrested and sent out. You are saying, hey, parliament is not a place for joking. It's a place for business, serious national business. The parliament we are in has not been in Ghana, even in Gorkos. This is a different type of parliament. We might be prepared to change, to accept the decision of the people, and work together. You make me sick. Will you shut up? You rule out of order in the House?
0: You hear the Speaker of Parliament, Albin Bagbin. Very unusual
2: words. Words that sound as if he is very unhappy, if not angry. Let's speak to someone who knows him well. uh, Someone who's been a member of the House of Parliament. Someone who's been in senior position in the House of Parliament. Someone who has been a minister... Someone who has been a teacher and a lawyer. He represented the people of Tamale Central until he decided he would go no more. Al Inusa Fusini. You're welcome to Eyewitness News.
5: Hey, thank you, Umar Han. How are you?
2: I'm, I'm doing well. Those words we've just heard from Speaker Bagbin are not words we usually hear from him. What's what what's your thinking? What's happening in the in the chamber?
6: Umbridge, umbridge. Yes. He was annoyed. Mm. In fact, he was just leaving. And even if I may add, I also worked with Blackburn in the law trust chambers before I went to parliament.
2: Oh, so you know him. Is he someone and who would he, usually use these kind of words?
6: No, 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 no. I mean, he, clearly, he, you can see that weapon is terribly annoying and and uh, trying to, to restrain himself uh, in the choice of his words. But clearly, uh, in the choice of the words, you can still see Evidence of the annoyance, of the unacceptability, of the conduct of the first deputy speaker.
2: Is this justified? The the anger.
6: It's justified. It justified. Why no Why would I, you say that? I can I can understand the basis for the first deputy speaker always seeking to set himself against the the speaker of parliament, unless, of course. Uh, he's thinking that he ought to have been the Speaker and not Buckman. Or maybe he's playing a game where he simply cannot tell, Because Buckman is the Speaker of Parliament, elected first one to the Constitution and the standing orders of Parliament. The first time we saw that he had uh, reversed the decision of the Speaker and actually said that the Speaker had acted in error uh, was when the uh, Speaker uh, presided over p- the Parliament that has been that has been left with a one-sided house by the walkout of the MPP uh, when the budget was being considered. The budget was subsequently rejected, and a uh, ruling made on that by the Speaker. The Speaker travelled the next day or next two days, or the, the next sitting day after the decision the first deputy speaker not only set aside that decision, but also said that back when the speaker had acted in error. So he was sitting in judgment over decisions for the speaker. And that is not by the standard orders of the House.
2: And it's the same thing that happened last night, um, saying that the the motion should not even have been admitted by the speaker in the first again, place.
6: So, so so procedural matters are procedural matters.
2: Now, the the issue is, when, when Joe White sits and speaks the way he speaks, he's speaking with the authority of the Speaker of Parliament, albeit acting, and he has capacity to run the House the way he deems fit, no?
6: He has the capacity to run the House, but consistency in Parliament is as important in its ruling as it is in this in practice. And so you would require certainty in Parliament. Now, so a speaker as, uh, admits a motion. That's the exercise of a discretion. That's a judgment of the speaker. And in the next available opportunity that the first deputy speaker has, he questions the judgment of the speaker and the exercise of that discretion. That doesn't introduce certainty and predictability in in Parliament. That doesn't consolidate our democratic and parliamentary practice. It introduces confusion into that practice. And that is not good for our democracy and parliamentary practice.
2: Is is a deputy speaker a deputy to the speaker, i.e. is a deputy speaker subservient to the main speaker?
6: The deputy, deputy speaker, of the Parliament, from amongst themselves, assist in the performance of the his duties. But the Standing Orders of Parliament, I think, what the text of the Standing Orders of Parliament defines the speaker to include the deputy speakers and any person presiding.
2: Now, so, if one speaker decides something and another comes uh, be that this was wrong, clearly he can make that determination, can't he?
6: Yes, so so first let's unpack. The first thing for us to understand is that a speaker is an empire. Backburn speaker, Backburn is an empire. Any time that the first deputy speaker or the second deputy speaker or any person presiding takes the chair, that person becomes a presiding member. But for the purposes of parliament, we call them speakers. Now, the speaker is not to partake in debate. So when you sit in the chair, you don't take part in the debate. You serve as an umpire, So you listen to both sides and put the question and use your judgment, if it is a voice vote, to determine which side has carried the, the day in that debate. In this particular case, the member, a member, and I understand, is a, a group of, of MPs who came together and filed a motion pursuant to Order 191 to uh, set up an ad hoc committee to investigate a matter of public importance. The motion was admitted. Now, if the motion is admitted and tabled, you have to debate the motion. You have to debate the motion. I mean, the fact that you, someone raises a preliminary objection does not obviate from the requirement of a debate of the motion. You have to debate the motion because it's part of the uh, business of the day. So when, you, when the motion is debated, the question is then put to members because the speaker is an empire. It's a referee. So the question is then put to members whether or not they support the establishment of an ad hoc committee to investigate that matter contained in the motion. The yes, if they have the vote, an ad hoc committee will be set up. The nay, if they have the vote, an ad hoc committee will not be set up. And the matter is ended. That's the consensus that we have agreed, that matters of this nature must be must be resolved. I debate in
2: Parliament. Okay, now from the political side of things, I mean, we can't pretend, although speakers are supposed to be neutral, that Abanbagbin has been an NDC person from day one. He is NDC true and through. He even wanted to be the flag bearer of the NDC. We also know that wise is NPP. Of course, he's gone independent at a point, but he's still NPP. Now. We should not pretend about it, should we? That it looks as if when Speaker Bagbin gives a ruling, even if that ruling is considered neutral, when Joe White steps in and reverses it, even though they are doing this from the speaker's chair, what is happening in fact and in indeed in, in, in is that there is politics at play at play. Is that is that a fair assessment for an outsider? That, that, that,
6: that, that. That's a fair assessment. And to add further, it appears to me that, that Speaker Joe Wise, or First Deputy Speaker Joe Wise, has not yet come to terms, has not accepted the reality that Bhagavan is a speaker. And at any given opportunity, he tries to undo what Bhagavan has done. And he's doing so. With the active support or the tacit support of some of his
2: party members, where does this leave or lead Parliament to? I've
6: stated it already. I mean, what I mean is
2: that what I mean is that if there's going to be politics in the chair, are we going to start having an NDC speaker and an MPP speaker? What that would then <laughs> mean. is... Yeah rule. yes yeah, that i i, that I know but bad. but 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 you don't that's want to, you, you, but you don't want to see that because that's not what it's but that's supposed
6: what to be now. how can that's it what what be
2: how can it be cured
6: it must be cured by rules we must make we, we must consolidate the the practice and hierarchy of speakership and duties and obligations of The Speaker, the First Deputy Speaker, the Second Deputy Speaker, or any person presiding in an order of Parliament. We must review the standing orders and provide for clear rules to regulate the conduct of the speakers or the First Deputy Speaker, Second Deputy Speaker, the Speaker himself, and any other person presiding. That is the way. So that if the uh, Deputy Speaker arrogates to himself the power to overturn the substantive Speaker's decisions without putting them to a debate in the house one can challenge that decision on the basis of of law or the practice of parliament captured in a standing order
2: what should the ndc side be doing now
6: well i think that uh, since since the beginning of this Parliament, many things have gone wrong in parliament many things many things and i'm, I'm beginning to get worried because you see when The MPP had opportunity to go to Parliament and try to reverse the the decision of the of Parliament taking the previous at the previous sitting when Bakben was sitting. They invoked Order 52 to bring a matter of national importance. But that was a decision of a speaker. And there's a specific order that deals with that. And you have heard Bakbene Refer to the, that order, even though he didn't mention that order by name. He said that that decision of the speaker can be challenged by procedure of the house. Mm. Now, because that that procedure was bastardized in the attempt to overturn his decision, I do not know what will happen next because it introduces some confusion in the in the practice and procedures in Parliament. You call that when the next day after the MPP purportedly reversed the decision, the minority leader also invoked Order 52. That, that is slowly becoming a practice of Parliament to challenge the decision of the previous day. Meanwhile, there is a specific order in in the standing orders that deal with such such issues. So, and if now that the decision has been taken to reject the, the motion in limine, without debate, the proponents of the motion can challenge the decision of the speaker. But in challenging the speaker, decision of the speaker, they have to come by a substantive motion, a substantive motion. And then they must have two thirds voting for that motion before that decision can be challenged. So you see, it's a tall order.
2: Well, let's see if uh, that order would be followed. But thank you so much for speaking to us, sir.
6: You're welcome.
2: That's Alaji Nusa Fuseni, former member of Parliament for Tamale Central. He's a lawyer helping us make sense of what's happening in Parliament. Let's hear more views on this. Kina Likimani is Director for Monitoring and Evaluation as well as Programs for Odikro. Odikro is an institution that has been observing the work of Parliament, doing an assessment of a sort and uh, even checking who attends Parliament or not and how they have been performing. Uh, Madam, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Um, You are following, just like everybody else, what is happening in Parliament, and a former MP who I just spoke to there is suggesting that the Speaker of Parliament position has become a political one to the extent that, depends on who is presiding, we will see some results. To see a Deputy over 10 A main speaker's judgment or ruling on two occasions that's not healthy for the house of parliament what do you think
7: well um it isn't but at the same time too um it it, it's it's good for us to think to actually think why um the deputy speaker your wife uh, will do that and i think that it is because he is himself handing to his party um You know, he had to fight to keep his seat, the quiet. So I don't think that he's just getting up and willingly and deciding to thwart the will um, of the speaker or disrespect the speaker. I'm not defending him. I'm saying he is pandering. He he he's making his own moves to secure his own position in the party um, um, because he's been under threat. and but, but we also in, in 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 contrast to that we also then have to see it is good to always look at people's motives. So the speaker is, is Speaker Bagbin uh, wants to uh, position that this current Parliament being the one of its kind as an independent Parliament, independence of the executive, of course. Um, I don't think that we have had a, a speaker who has come along to express these views. Um, Right Honourable Pitala Jesse. So if you have a speaker who wants who, who one of whose aims is to accept the independence of, of parliament, that is going to be at odds with whoever is in the leadership team that belongs to the party that runs the executive. Um, and I think that that is what we are seeing here. Um, and and it is unfortunate, but um, I think that part of our anxiety as Ghanaians if people are anxious <laughs> about how Parliament is behaving now is because we 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 haven't seen this makeup of the Parliament before, and so it's not everything that we see that should allow us. Parliament should be a place where people do political shenanigans like you know they look at for instance let's look at um the so called move to bring. Honourable um, honorable address, uh, Staffo, um, um to, to the standing orders, uh, Odupo has been talking about absenteeism, but Parliament does not have the will to address it. I doubt that anybody, anybody on her in her party is going to move to have her brought before, you know, um, I am brought to book on this issue. It's something that they say, but. It's always, so so this makeup of the parliament when they are, you know, when when they are thwarting their own rules and not following their own rules, and they've not, parliament has not been doing this for a while, except that because for most of, for, for all the other previous parliaments, we've had the majority, the majority has also been the party that is running the country, the executive we, have, we haven't really paid attention to whether or not they are following their rules or not. And of course, now we are. And we will, we will be finding that people can corners. Um But then if you can't conness, you are brought back in line. I don't think, I am always at pace to a, a, a say that, nothing that is happening should alarm us, it is new. We are not used to a contentious parliament. You know, People always say, oh, but they should work together. In other countries, this is normal. Um, um that they may not necessarily want to work together when we have a hung parliament. Um but what, what it's it's important that um parliament members of parliament are allowed to to in the private members bill like this one that was brought, um um parliament can make inquiry into any anything that they want to investigate. So obviously the deputy um, leader is wrong. The Deputy Speaker is wrong in having disregarded um, the, the Speaker's uh, opinion on the matter once the Speaker got up. So this is going to be happening, but, you know, that, that, that's my take on it. It makes for a very interesting observation, I think. Maybe the second time we have a hung Parliament, we'll all be used to it, they'll be used to it. But, you know, um, you have a Speaker who wants to lead the Parliament in one direction, very clearly. And then you have a deputy speaker who has his own agenda with, within his party.
2: And every time the speaker gets up, there's going to be these tensions. I see. When we saw the hung parliament, many thought that this is the final solution to our political problems. But it turns out, alas, that this is actually becoming a debacle for us. Um, would well, you say. No,
7: no, 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 no. Well, if, if we're
2: seeing what we are seeing, then that's becoming a problem, isn't it? Even though we're hoping we, for the we best. Have
7: to be how we talk about it. The par- this parliament came about by the will of Ghanaians. So first of all we never want to say that the will of Ghanaians is wrong.
2: It can be described as a mistake considering all the... No,
7: no, no, because the people voted this way. The people have voted this way. It's not a mistake. We voted this way. Nobody actually, in my constituency when I went to vote, I was thinking about a hand. parliament. I voted for who I voted for. If in the final alliances we have a hung parliament, then it's for parliament to uh, to, to exist for for the hung parliament to exist and do its best for the country. That does not mean that it is always going to be smooth, and it doesn't mean that consensus building is going to is going to be what is happening. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Especially when there are you know there are contentious issues and difficult issues that have been brought into parliament. With you know, like this A11 business. If we didn't have a hung parliament, this thing would have been passed, right? Um. So if 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 the government now wants something so badly, but we have a hung parliament and they do it, it should be contentious.
2: So we should you see, see our think? parliament now as uh, the glass half full and the glass half it empty.
7: The thing is that <laughs> the thing is not about whether a glass is half full or empty. The thing is that people have voted, canyons have voted, and I think that. Whether we plan to or not, inadvertently, it has become this very different thing from the past one, where, to, to be sure, we were also not happy. If we're always going to have a parliament, if the majority in parliament is, a, is the one ruling the, uh, the executive, and they are always going to be colluding, then that is a problem for us, right? If, on the other hand, a minority or anybody is going to then um, come into parliament to represent their party, that is a problem at its core. What we want is is Parliament to represent their people. The the people who voted them in—that is who we want them to. And if Ghanaians have to go through many combinations and permutations to arrive at that, that is what we will do. So the thing is, on Parliament to actually look and say, this is how the people have voted. Perhaps the people want us to work together. Perhaps the people want us to do consensus building. And then they should follow that track. If they don't, we uh, should do something different. Because we have always said, I think we have always said that it would be interesting to have. because we said it would be interesting to have a hung parliament. We've even said that we want we want an outright uh, majority belonging to run into one party, and then the other party running the executive. We said these things because the past where one party has the majority and one party has the executive we feel has not served back. So we've given them another chance. We hope they behave. We hope they build consensus. But is also, it's also the nature of politics that they will not. And so when they are fighting or when they are disagreeing, this is not something that should cause us distress. The country is not falling apart. We have, we've given a hand Parliament and they are finding it very difficult to exist together. That's okay. If it doesn't work out, we will do something else. We have given them an opportunity to show us that, we, that actually maybe we want them to work together. They should work together. We hope they work together. If they don't, maybe we'll do something else. But I don't think that if you say that it's a debacle, that does not... We don't want anything that makes the electorate feel like maybe we did something wrong. But that's not our fault. We get into an opportunity to do better.
2: Thank you for speaking to us.
7: You're welcome. You're That's welcome. Kina. Have a good
2: you too. Kina Likimani, the Director for Monitoring and Evaluation and Programs for Odicro. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. Let us know what you think as well by using our various social media platforms. We'll be back with more. Don't go
8: away. Let your voice be heard on eyewitness news on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at Instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag eyewitness news.
2: You hey, welcome back to eyewitness news on 97.3 CTFN. We are broadcasting from Adabraka in Accra. The show is around the globe on City Newsroom. Dot com. Let's know what you make of what's happening in Parliament. Use a WhatsApp number 0549-986-996. 0549-986-996. You can send us tweets using the hashtag City Newsroom. Alternatively, tweet at Umar or at City 973. And the world will hear what you think. A number of you are sending your messages through. I'll be reading that for you. Uh, but we need to do a discussion on the University Teachers Association of Ghana, the strike that was declared, the strike that was suspended, the tri- strike whose suspension is now being contested by some universities. Yesterday, we brought you a story from University of Education Winnie, about the lecturers there had voted to oppose the suspension. Tonight, we are hearing that the University of Ghana so as well, the teachers there have voted against the suspension of the strike. The president of the utac chapter in the University of Ghana, is Dr. Samon Kuban. Doc, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Tell us what your members did today.
9: Ah, uh, Good evening and good evening to your listeners. Um, we are simply going by or uh, living by the National Constitution of UTAC, uh, which requires of uh, every branch of UTAC to, after the suspension of an industrial action by the National Executive Committee to engage with its uh, constituents in some form of a referendum that will uh, determine whether or not members accept the decision of the National Executive Committee or otherwise. And so uh, what has happened, of course, that yesterday there was a press conference at which the National Executive Committee uh, indicated the suspension of the industrial action. And by the constitutional provision, within the next five working days, all campuses would have to engage their constituents for ratification or otherwise of that decision. And that is what happened in Winneba yesterday, and that is what has happened at the University of Ghana today. And so, members are of the view that the decision by the National Executive Committee to suspend the strike does not sit well with them. And so they think that it is a subject that is worth rejecting the decision by the National Executive Committee.
2: But this is just so, two universities so far, UEW you, and yourselves.
9: Exactly. Um, exactly. So what are we are not saying that what has happened is indicative that the uh strike would not be suspended or stays uh, so the strike still stays suspended until all fifteen campuses within the Next five days have made decisions. and so um, the, the if it comes up that majority of the campuses think otherwise that the decision to suspend is worthy of engagement, then that is what would prevail, and so that is the kind of uh, uh, arrangement that our constitution provides for. So until so all fifteen campuses have made their determination, which have to happen within the next. Uh, four days because today is already uh, exhausted. We cannot say that the strike has been suspended or has not been suspended on the basis of membership support.
2: Is the trend, or is what happened in UEW and what happened in University of Ghana, can that be described as a trend? Which trend may possibly mean that this strike is going to um, be resumed?
5: Well,
9: we cannot say because uh, these are just two out of 15 campuses. And so we may have to hold our peace until other campuses are spoken. And uh, once that happens, then the National Executive Committee, on the basis of the outcome, would now engage. And if it is the case that majority of the campuses are of the view that we need to reject the decision of NEC, then NEC would have to meet at an extraordinary meeting at which a date will be fixed for the resumption of the strike. In the case where majority of the campuses are of the view that the suspension is acceptable and that we need to engage, that would also uh, have to hold because that is what our Constitution requires us to do.
2: I see. Now, you have over 98% or is it 80% of your your teachers today voting against the suspension?
9: the 2.4% of membership that cast their vote indicated that that decision should be rejected.
2: That's a huge figure. Why do you think your members generally are opposed to the suspension of the strike?
9: Well, you would agree that we've been at the table for close to four years, and the reason for which we have been at the negotiations have not been achieved. And many of the times, from last year, there there were a number of MOAs we signed, which for membership, government side fails to abide by. And so the question of uh, handling your tax negotiations in good faith by government uh, would come into play. But of course, you would also recognize that next decision was hinged on a number of uh, Things, including the fact that we were in court, including the fact that some eminent personalities had intervened, including the Parliamentary Select Committee of Parliament and all of that. And of course, on the basis of these interventions, government uh, gave assurance that it was willing and ready to make Utah an offer, except that the industrial action had to be suspended. And so the suspension still holds, and we are looking forward to government. Showing the good faith that it promised to all of these stakeholders and ourselves that indeed they are willing, after the suspension of the strike, to put an offer on the table for consideration by Utah. So that is where we are.
2: So there's a general distrust against the words of the government.
9: Well, the reality is that our frustration and disappointment in the way we've been handled over the negotiations period. Uh, is profound, and we just are hoping against hope that uh, the window of opportunity that exists for governments to respond to us, they would do so and do so quickly so we can uh, engage membership again to see whether or not uh, government's offer is something that we can work with.
2: Very well, thank you so much uh, for your time, sir.
9: Thank you for having me.
2: That's Dr. Samuel Kuban. he's the president of the. Uh, Legon chapter or the University of Ghana chapter of the University Teachers Association of Ghana. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. Let's remain with education but give it an international perspective now. If you've been following international news, you would have heard that Ukraine is becoming a center of interest. Now, it was at a time when the Russian, well, Russia um, annexed Crimea Now, there's another big deal. The West is almost against Russia in what seems to be a proxy war in Ukraine. Now, when there's war, you know the consequence people will be displaced, people will be suffering. Now, if there are foreigners in that country, it makes it even worse. Ghanaian students are studying in Ukraine, and this has become a source of worry for the National Union of Ghana students. There's a statement that has been issued on the Russian-Ukraine territorial conflict, and they talk about safeguard of Ghanaian students studying in Ukraine and Russia. This statement is signed by the NUCS President, Yadomboachi Imano, signed by the NUCS General Secretary, Julius Kwame Anthony, as well as the NUCS Secretary for International Relations, Pius Stilflos, Beidou, who's actually joined me on the line now. Mr. Beidou, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Now... What are Ghanaian students in Ukraine telling you and how huge is the number?
5: Okay, Thank you very
10: much, um, Maru. Thank you for having me. Um, it's, it's actually a, a big deal. It's, it's something which is a, a cause of worry for us because Ghanaian students are telling a lot. We have students who are reading, course, like uh, medicine and so on and so forth. So um, we had a distress call from executives, our counter, sorry, our co-executives from the National Union of Ghana Students, Ukraine chapter, as the general secretary and then the director of integration, they touch base with that. They're actually in the country because they told us that um, there's tension, there's uproar because of, you know, iteration in the Russian and Ukraine, and, you know, relations. So they told us that there are actually a lot of Ghanaian students who are studying in universities like University of Donetsk, and other universities at the eastern side of Ukraine, where the issue is is bubbling up. So that is what motivated us to issue that statement, calling on governments to proactive and to help us.
2: Now, are they saying that they're currently uh, facing any threat or they're just worried for what will happen when things escalate?
10: Well, currently, um, there is no, as we know that, Things haven't really escalated. But um, they are just worried that looking at how each and every day um, the issues keep on boiling up, they are just worried that one day they will be there and then um, Ukraine, Eastern Ukraine will be evaded by Russia and they will find themselves wanting. So they are actually being proactive here. And we as National Union of Ghana students, we are calling on government to also be, be proactive and, you know, treat it as a matter of urgency because... There's a classical example that happened two years ago with the COVID-19 issue where we had a lot of Ghanaian students um, studying in China. My general secretary, Mr. Kwame Anthony was doing his year abroad in China by then. And he got stuck in China because of lockdown and the COVID was spreading and all that. But government made a very swift intervention and, you know, um, charted the Ghanaian students back to Ghana, quarantined them for two weeks. Um, it was an all-paid... Uh, you know, action by by, by the Ghanaian government. And um, this is what we are also, you know, calling for now in in this time, because we don't want a situation where um, the students would be stranded just like it was about to happen in China. So that's why we are making that urgent call to government.
2: Okay, have you made any direct call to the Ministry for Foreign Affairs or the Ministry of Education in Ghana or anybody who may be of um, importance in this issue?
10: That is very true. Uh, because looks, I mean, we are influenced by education, and looking at the issue, it has an international dimension. We've sent our statement to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, and we have also sent our statement to the Ministry of Education. Um, we've not had a feedback yet, but we will certainly follow up with them tomorrow, because we don't want an issue where things will escalate and then the students will be stranded.
2: Thank you so much for speaking to us. Thank you so much, Mark. That's Paios Feoflos-Beidou, his nuke secretary for international relations. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. And will give us some of the reactions coming through on WhatsApp.
0: Adam in Borga, he says, Joe Wise is just being disrespectful, and he's talking to our earlier story. He says uh, he's being disrespect disrespectful and petty. How would it look like if Balmya comes to undo the de- decisions of Nanado in his absence? Uh, he shouldn't allow too much politics to destroy him. Umar Tiani from Wahi says, The first deputy speaker's actions against the speaker is nothing but disrespect and partisan. Zylix Duane in London says, I agree with the speaker. What Jawaz is doing is egregious and unacceptable. Beck and Thomas inside Daboya in the Savannah region, he says, our big men in parliament should start using the laws made by themselves and stop this kind of conflicting practices. Abiola in Tamale says, the first deputy speaker has no right whatsoever to overturn the or overrule the ruling of the substantive speaker Jones Dubois in la he says good evening uh, the conduct of the first deputy speaker shows a gross disrespect to the speaker of parliament the days of minority will have their say but majority will have their way uh, is long gone alex kofi In Adenta, he says, I am actually struggling to understand why the deputy speaker said he is not a speaker but can overturn the decision of the main speaker. I need education on this. Ghanian citizen in North Day, he says, the speaker should avoid his decisions uh, being overturned by staying in the country for his medical attention and save us some money.
2: You can send your message as well, or go on Twitter and drop your message there using the hashtag citynewsroom. Now, if someone is shot at, they go to the courts to seek um well, justice, but when the gunshot is coming from the courts, that becomes a different problem on itself. And uh, if you look at lots of publications today, they focus on a gunshot in the courts in Accra. What exactly is the story? Sixtus Dongulo is our court correspondent. Sixtus, you're welcome. hope you're safe. I am safe. Okay, what happened?
11: Well, luckily for me, I wasn't in the particular courtroom. I (laughs) I was in another courtroom, uh, financial and economic court two, where the case of a former uh, Maslow chief executive, Madame Tamakulo, is being heard. Okay. And this particular incident happened in criminal court five, which is on the fourth floor. And so the court I was in is is on the second floor, and the gunshots were heard around eleven, between eleven and twelve o'clock in the morning. Gunshots. Gunshots. Not, not one. Gunshots. Okay. Yes. So the 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 story is that an a, a prison officer who had escorted uh, prisoners to the court for their hearing. Uh, well later been described as accidentally discharged his uh, gun and the, the bullet got his foot uh, at the, at that particular he incident himself. he shot himself at that particular not moment not deliberately mm-hmm. at that particular moment there was a lot of confusion because uh, nobody could tell what really had happened or what what could have caused him to do that and so he was immediately rushed to the the the, the clinic which is on the ground floor, and so when we did the trace, you could see the blood stains right from the fourth floor Mm -hmm. all the way to the ground floor where the clinic is, and he was treated. Luckily, there were uh, medical personnel around in the the clinic at the time, so he got the needed medical attention uh, immediately.
2: So he shot himself accidentally because a gun, gun would have been hanging on his shoulder or something. That, that, that's yes, the only Yes, so usually
11: you would see that um, depending on, well, all of them, mm-hmm. all the, the, the accused persons who are in prison custody would o- often come with armed uh, prison guards. And so these, mostly they sit in the courtroom mm-hmm. with the... The the accused accused persons, uh, some of them too, depending on the the weight of the security around the particular accused persons. You you would often have some of them standing just outside the courtroom Mm -hmm. uh, by the door. And you have some also sitting in the courtroom, all of them with armed uh, weapons. And the reason is to... Protect not just the the prisoners alone, but also the rest of the people mm-hmm. there, because between the the prison where the the accused persons are kept and the court, it's it's a distance. Mm-hmm. Mostly they come from Ensam, mm-hmm. so you would imagine that such a, uh, an armed protection is needed in in, in that travel between Ensam and Accra, where the courts. The courtrooms are. Did
2: you hear the gunshot from your courtroom where you were? From
11: where? From where I was? No, we okay. we didn't hear it. But In from fact, what you think I, that- I got, I, I I got the information, and I immediately rushed to the front, the 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 the, the courtyard itself, uh, thinking that that was where it happened, because the initial suspicion was that a prisoner was trying to escape, and the the shot was fired, but that wasn't the case. In, indeed, when I even went to the the, the courtyard area the security personnel there did not seem to know anything about it mm-hmm. they they had not heard the the shots and so i i found out later that this happened on the fourth floor and the person had been taken to the clinic and when when i got to the fourth floor immediately the the incident happened the area had to be cordoned off and you had the the the, the court officials you know trying to redirect Uh, People, lawyers, and uh, people looking for courtrooms, their Mm -hmm. their respective courtrooms, to a waiting area uh, whilst waiting for uh, an investigative team from the Ministry's police station. That took Um, Some minutes, some 20 minutes or so Mm. uh, until the team arrived and the team was immediately ushered to the clinic where the young man was was being treated. There were
2: journalists in the courtroom, I presume. Did they say anything to you? Did they tell you what the mood was, the atmosphere like when the gun went off?
11: Well, at the time it happened, it was just uh, two of us following the uh, the Madame Tamaklo case. Mm -hmm. We were... The only two journalists in the court at that t- at the oh, time that okay. it happened, okay. and so the rest of the journalists probably had on air and and followed up to see what. So what,
2: anything what you pick from there would be from eyewitnesses. Yes, do we you know
11: everything they... was from eyewitnesses? So
2: the prisoners, uh, they've uh, not. I mean, not take advantage no, no, of no that situation. No, no one, one escaped. No one escaped.
11: And the judge. And the ch- the judge the judge is safe. She's safe. Yes. So we have have, um, some information, official, in fact, the first um, piece of official information that is coming from um, the Office of the Judicial Secretary on this matter, probably um, clarifying the issue and giving some assurances that um, security at the the, the court complex can still be guaranteed. I would, let me just um, quickly read through that. It says that accidental discharge of live weapon at the law court complex Accra. The attention of his lordship, the chief justice, has been drawn to an unfortunate incident which occurred today, 23rd February 2022, at a high court criminal division Court 5 law court complex Accra, Accra involving a prison warden on duty who accidentally discharged his weapon. And injured his foot. This is the first time such an incident has occurred within the courts, thus, likely to cause fear and panic. However, the general public is hereby informed that thorough investigations are underway while security measures are being put in place to avoid a recurrence. Management of the judicial service therefore wishes to assure all stakeholders and the general public of their safety in and around the courts. And this is signed by Justice Cynthia Pamela do Judicial Secretary.
2: Thank you so much. Sixtooth uh, Don ulo is a producer here for City Eyewitness News and also uh, a court correspondent for ctfm FM and City TV. Eno, please bring us our next story.
0: MTN Ghana has launched the sixth edition of the MTN Heroes of Change. This year's edition focuses on exceptional personalities who stood out, catering to the needs of people as well as improving their quality of lives during the COVID-19 pandemic in health, economic empowerment and education. Speaking at the launch, the MTN Foundation Chairman, Professor Franklin Menu, indicated that the foundation was committed to finding problems in the society and solving them.
12: COVID has changed the way we do a lot of things, as we all know. And this includes how the MTN Ghana Foundation has been implementing its activities. The past two years have been some of the most difficult periods of our lives, as we can all attest to. But it is refreshing to have the years of change back on our list of activities for the year 2022. When the country recorded its first case of COVID-19 early in 2020, many of us were consumed with uncertainty, not knowing whether our healthcare institutions and research facilities would have the capacity to deal with the devastating nature of the virus. So when the staff of the foundation brought a proposal for a Heroes of Change Special Edition that would focus on COVID-19, The board did not hesitate to approve it. I'm excited to be part of this launch because this is what MTN Ghana Foundation has been committed to doing, to identify problems in the society and find solutions to address them.
0: Professor Franklin Menu is the MTN Foundation chairman. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens.
11: Get the details, details. every significant financial transaction, every market movement, and all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed.
4: Time now for City Business News on Air Witness News brought to you by Vodafone and powered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Ellen Dapper. Let's settle for the details. The Auditor General John Johnson is urging the Ministry of Finance to strictly sanction individuals or institutions found culpable of misapplying or misusing public funds per its reports. Mr. Siedu stressed that accountability was key to ensuring the protection of the country's resources and value for money. He was speaking at the launch of the 2021 Financial Year Audit. The event was under the theme and ensuring fiscal sustainability through revenue collection and accounting, the role of the state auditor.
8: We also want to urge the Ministry of Finance, you give the public institutions money for the various activities. If our reports indicate that a person or a group of persons has not managed our resources properly, we urge you to apply very strict sanctions against those people who will be named in our reports. We also want to humbly urge the PAC. In your sittings, do not accept responses to audit observations at your sittings. When our management letters are given to our clients, they are given 30 days in which to re- respond. But over the years, we have seen that certain institutions prefer to wait for over a year before they bring their responses to PAC. If you help us in this, I think we will be on a good course.
4: John Sinekwea Moasiedu is the Auditor General. Now, Energy Minister Dr. Matthew Pokuprempe has reiterated calls for Ghanaians to assume leading roles in the various subsectors under the country's energy sector. Now, according to him, the practice of expatriates being awarded huge contracts due to the lack of skills and technical know how among Ghanaians must be addressed. To a to achieve this, Dr. Poco Prempe believes more people ought to be given the needed education and training in those sectors. He was speaking during the launch of the Ghana Welding Bureau, which has been set up to regulate and see to the development of the welding industry.
1: When you look at there's nothing we can do without fitters or pipe fitters or welders. You talk about the Ghana gas that is supposed to take gas everywhere. If we're supposed to take gas everywhere, including our homes, just imagine the number of five liters we, we need. If we talk about thermal dry dock, my colleague and my very, very close red minister for transport uh, were going for some money for something. He said, COVID, thermal dry dock, don't forget to. He's busy pursuing the agenda. If we have dry dock working, all these FPSOs, can even be built in Ghana. That is taking commanding height of your economy. There are people who will come from Malaysia or Philippines to lead their fights. They will take their money and they will take their talents and their skills back home. And they will earn fast-paced fast salaries. But for Ghanaians to enjoy what we call our oil fight, especially now that we are in an energy transition, before we have even begun enjoying our oil fight, there's a imperative that we, we Government do everything to have as many Ghanaians trained as possible for the benefit of Ghana.
4: That was the Energy Minister, Dr. Matthew poco speaking. Away from that, the Rice Millers Association of Ghana has described government's new directive to adjust the benchmark value policy to 30% discount for all goods and 10% for vehicles as a political move which goes against the country's industrialization agenda. Now, the association had long advocated for a reversal of the discounts as they argued that the implementation of the 50% benchmark policy over the last two years has led to the shutdown of a number of local rice mills they have also warned that the continuous implementation of the policy will render about one hundred thousand workers in the rice value chain jobless if not reversed the convener of the group yao Edupoku poku stressed that its members will continue to do all they can to salvage the local rice industry
13: the country needs this kind of attitude where That $1 billion worth of rice that is imported into the country should shift to the local economy. That will immediately put about 7 to 8 billion cities into the Ghana economy. And it will go all the way from the farmer into transport to the distributor at Okaishi. Just imagine it. And then the pride of eating your own made in Ghana rice, a variety that had been improved upon by the academicians. And so doing that, you create more researchers, as you create more commercial farmers, as you create more logistics, as you let the consumer feel proud eating what is made in Ghana. This is what we are trying to do. The association is writing a step. In fact, we are driving a step that we will bring out. We are not in any uh, opposition to government. We are not trying to uh, uh, um, fight the government. We are simply telling the government that it is not a good policy scrap it the bottom line is scrap it now the government needs revenue that revenue the government is giving away scrap it that is the statement i hope will put out there
4: that was the convener of the Rice Millers Association of Ghana, Yao Edupoku. Meanwhile, the president of the Association of Ghana Industries, Doctor Humphrey Ayim Dake, has noted that more discussions with government and members of fits out of the association will take place on the rates to put out ways to see the way forward.
14: Well, government has tabled it for consideration. Uh, we are engaging government in further discussion. The essence is that this is a scientific uh, analysis in terms of data. We requested, we, we are engaging government to establish the basis given that if, we, if the actual figure was a 50% reduction and our government proposes a 30% reduction, we need to stimulate this 30% reduction within our cost structure to determine whether it is competitive. So we are engagement, engaging government in this discussion. We pray by close of week we should come to uh, an amicable understanding and then proceed with the uh, the operation as the government has proposed. We have up to Thursday to finalise this engagement, so the discussion is going on. Because I told you, government has proposed it. It needs to be stimulated within the various cost structure of the various sectors in the in our in, in our domain. That is when you know whether the figures coming out. Are
4: sustainable that was the president of the association of ghana industries dr humphrey Egim Dake. and that will be all for city business news on eyewitness news it was brought to you by vodafone empowered by your most comprehensive business news website citybusinessnews.com my name is ellen dapper up next is points blank
0: eyewitness news be there as it happens <laughs>
2: It's 20 minutes to 1900 GMT, this is Point Blank on Eyewitness News, I am Umarusanda Rusanda Amadou. On Point Blank tonight, we are going to the NPP internal elections at the local level. We have uh, two constituencies in focus tonight, WA Central in the Upper West Region and Formina in the Ashanti Region. In WA Central, we are hearing of an attack on some party supporters. And in the Ashanti region, Formina, we are hearing of a planned imposition of a candidate or candidates on the party. Let's start from Formina in the Ashanti region. Michael Ankapon is IT coordinator for the MPP in Formina. Michael, you're welcome to Eyewitness News.
15: Thank you very
2: much. Based on your position as IT coordinator, I am presupposing, and I believe seems to be true, that you are a member of the committee that was set up by the party to conduct or supervise this election. You are part of that committee, or this would be at the constituency level? Yes, yes,
15: please, I'm part. I'm part. So, so you are
2: part of the, is this seven or nine member committee? Uh, yeah, it is. I
15: don't remember the number, but I'm part.
2: Oh, he's chairman, general secretary, um, a woman in the constituency yeah. and all of that. You are yeah, one the of
15: elections them. And research, elections research officer, IT coordinator.
2: Okay. What is the problem in Formula?
16: <clears throat>
15: yeah. Um, Formina issues. Um, one, um, the general secretary of the party issued a notice of, our, of the guidelines regarding the uh, our internal elections. <clears throat> we realized that Formina's Formnance was part of the eight constituencies uh, that elections were suspended for reasons known to the party. But we were waiting for a response from the party or an official communication from the party to the constituency, indicating the reason why Formnance elections were suspended. Because, to the best of our knowledge, we don't understand and we don't know the reason why Formnance elections was suspended. So We are waiting for the party to give us um, information regarding that so um, just recently um, last Sunday we had you know, information that gathered information that the leaders of the party met the constituency executives together with the uh, independent independent member of parliament and his uh, close associate and the outcome of the meeting was that want <clears throat> uh, to impose honourable Amashiyama on the constituency and uh, formal constituency in the 2024 elections. And two, um, those who went, those who supported the independent candidate. If you read uh, the MP constitution, Article 3, Cross 9, 1, it states that if you join a political party different from MPP, or you go, you, you, you go, you go as an independent candidate, you forfeit your members of the party. Yourself, together with your followers, you forfeit your membership of the party. So, we, there are no members of the party. But if you take the constitution, if you want to take the constitution, they are not members of the party. So we don't understand the reason why Assistance, the make, or I don't know, the party leaders should not our leaders. The information that we gather is that they want them to also come and contest the same elections with us. Meanwhile, during the elections, the general secretary of the party openly said that all those who have decided to contest as independent, the party... They have affected the, the members of the party, and they, they, they should even seek coming back to the party because we are not going to accept it. That was the position of the party, and that was the position of the general secretary. So we, we find it very upset, and we find it very, very, very bad that um, the general secretary of the party will now, you know, turn against his own voice and come and say that and the, those supporters that follow the independent candidates, should come to the party and contesting the same relations with us. That is the problem we find with the party. We understand that, yes, Honourable Mukherjee-Syama is working with the party in parliament. He's, doing business with parliament. He's doing business with MPP in parliament. We understand that. But that does not qualify him to be a member of the party our constitution. And MPP is written for rule of law. And we respect democracy. So I, 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 I don't understand the reason why the party will compromise on the integrity of the constitution and then decide that those who uh, weren't who who, who uh, supporters of independence will now come to the party to contest the same relationship that we, we, we see it to be uh, a pinnacle of injustice to the loyal fans of MPP that supported the party too thin and kick
2: Is it not too early to be connecting anything to a parliamentary candidate, considering that these are just your polling station executives you are electing. Uh, These are just going to be delegates who will be voting for your constituency executives and your parliamentary candidates and so on. Is it not too early to be connecting these people? Are they not supposed to be neutral party members who just want to help develop the party at the base? Uh, Yes, yes. uh, right.
15: The issue is that, as I even said, I I find it very upset, very uncomfortable about the issue of imposition right now, because to me, to the best of my knowledge, we have not become come uh, near uh, elections for parliamentary candidates and what have you. So uh, when we heard the information, we were very very we were, we didn't we didn't take it cool we didn't take it cool because we were thinking that this is about internal party elections. So the issue about imposition and those stuff should not become at this at this material moment, but the the issue uh, the issue I have with the party. The, parli- the internal election that you are going to conduct. Everyone knows that. Uh, the outcome of the internal election will, be, will, will, will have a, a role to play in who becomes the member of parliament in every constituency. So the, I, 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 I totally agree on that agent. But as it stands, the member of parliament for Formina, who is an independent candidate, who was a former MPP member of parliament, cannot contest election as we all know, because the constitution of Ghana will not permit him, unless, of course, um, evacuate vacates his seat and then we go for by election which I'm not sure he's ready for that so even if we want to contest elections we also know that or maybe it will be three months for general election when he can evacuate his seat in parliament That's, so if the party wants him to come as an in, um, unopposed candidate in 2024 elections I think a lot of discussion must be done you, you don't go and sit somewhere and only came to share yesterday yesterday I did last two days. And when he was telling, he was telling the host that. Yeah, the host asked him about the issue in Formula. And he said, for Formula issues, we have already solved everything. Uh, elections will be conducted. So they should remain calm. So we are asking who did they solve the Formula issues with. We are the party at the grassroots. We haven't had any Even after the, after the meeting with, uh, between our constituency and the party leadership, we haven't heard anything from our constituency. They haven't even spoken a word to us. But ultimately, the boss to come to radio and say that formal issues have been resolved. I think this is injustice to the the, the followers of NPP in the formal constituency. So we are saying that um, we don't want to we don't we don't want this to continue because they are setting bad precedents. Because well, tomorrow if someone wants to come as independent candidate, the person also get followers from the party because those who went independent, the party granted them you know, that free will to come and contest the elections again without passing through any punishment. So, what will deter others from doing this? this is the problem that we have.
2: All right. Um, you are supposed to be part of the committee that is conducting the election. Why are you the one, you know, speaking against the election itself?
15: I am not speaking in the position of IT coordinator for the constituency. I am speaking in a position as an agreed supporter of the party, who is not comfortable with the decisions that the party is taking.
2: As we speak, no forms have been sold in Formula.
15: No form. No. recently, the term of the party came to um, all the constituencies in Adansi. If I say Adansi, it's about Oboase, New Olivia say, Fomina, those environs. We have about six constituencies there. He came to meet the, the leadership of those uh, constituencies. Formula was not there. We weren't called because our election, assistant is suspended. So it, the, the the only five um, countries were called for the meeting. And as it stands, we don't know anything anything about internal elections. There is no communication. Nothing. So that that is what we find it very 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 very, very absurd.
16: What
2: are you going to do beyond this uh, media interview you've granted?
15: Okay. Uh, we, we even added in the um, writer that we are giving them one week or two, or two. After one week, we want to um, we want our issues to be resolved. One, we want official communication from the National Executive Committee explaining to us the reason why for relations elections has been suspended. We, that is one. And then two, we want official communication from the National Executive Committee to come and explain to us that the reported decision of imposing honorable Makwen Sema uh, to the for uh, the from our see, come to elections. And the third one is that they should come and explain to us from National Electoral Committee the reason why members of the independent candidate who by constitution have forfeited their have forfeited their membership with the party have now been granted uh, approval to come and contest our internal elections. We we, we want answers uh, we want answers from these uh, three questions by one time if you are not able to uh, get any any information or any communication from the party within this completed period we are going on demonstration
2: the formula mp is doing a very good job for you if it wasn't for him you would have been in hot waters in parliament should you not be appreciating and celebrating him for even thinking of coming back to your party or even uh, the plan to bring him back to your party. Should you not be the one begging him to be back? Why are you kicking against him when he is doing all the work for you? He is your saviour in this parliament, you know?
15: Yeah, um, you are right. There is no denying fact that um, Honourable isn't helping NPP in parliament. It is true. But I want to tell you that uh, the help is mutual. It's a, it's a mutual benefit. Honourable Makosiyama is helping NPP. That is true. But NPP is also helping Honourable question In a sense that, yes... It is because of him that we are a majority group in parliament. But when he was campaigning during the election 2020, he told his people, I don't know, maybe you are even aware of it, he told his people that they should vote for him when, when he wins the election, when he wins the election, he will join NPP group in parliament. That is what he said to the, to the, to the people. That, everyone knows that Formina by, you know, history is a pure NPP, uh, NPP city. So, majority of the vote that he vote are the vote from the MPP, the, let me see, MPP voters. So, going to Parliament, knowing very well that the majority of the vote that he got are from MPP, there's no way a SEMA will join anything Parliament. And that is N2. And two, when he we went to Parliament, again, MPP. Uh, hello? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, that is the issue I was talking about. Very well. Let, um, let, let, let's,
2: yeah. let's leave it. Let's leave it for you. I think you, you've you made uh, your case. Uh, we'll be following up to see if the party listens to you. Thank you for speaking to us.
15: Thank you very much.
2: That's Michael Ankapong. He is the IT coordinator for the MPP in the Formula constituency. They say that Andresia Isiama, the current MP who is independent, is being uh, forced on them, and they do not agree with that let's go to the upper west regional capital war we are told that the npp parliamentary candidate for the last election was attacked she and some party supporters Mohammed abdul sakiu is deputy Nasara coordinator for the npp in Wa central he was assaulted with the pa of the 2020 npp parliamentary candidate abdulai begla that's what we are told mr sakiu you're welcome to eyewitness news what happened to you and your friends
5: uh, good evening, my brother, and good evening to our listeners. Uh, the name is Mohammed Abdul-Sachi, uh West Central Deputy National Coordinator. Uh, being a constituency executive, uh, when the election committee started to do the polling station uh, elections in order to get uh, an album for the constituency elections, uh, yesterday was a ten a ten for my electoral area. And being a consistency executive, I see the need to observe and ensure that those that are to represent the party at the polling station level within my electoral area should be of a good standard and to ensure that they will be able to represent the party. So I was at the community yesterday and uh, the election committee arrived at my community. And to my surprise, I was thinking that the election committee, which we know for Western Central in particular, were supposed to be of nine membership, two representatives from the regional level to be a co-chair for the election committee, including the seven membership from the constituency. They arrived at my community and to my surprise a group of uh, young men with uh, Mahandra pickup were also in in their company. So I was surprised to the extent that uh, they were there, and when, when they arrived, a whole lot of accusers. They started accusing me. Some people were insulting. And in politics, I have learned, that the little the experience I have in politics, I have learned that if you are to do a groundwork and you know that you have done your groundwork, you don't agitate and then let people to cause confusion. So the insults and whatever they raised for me, I didn't mind them. And I asked why those people were accompanying them. And I was told that they were mobilized uh, by the constituency chairman so that they, they would be in his protection. And I asked, it was surprise to me, and I said that, I think if the committee needed security, why don't they, why don't they apply uh, to the police service so that the police can give them protection? But these men, when they arrived at my village, were insulted. After we have managed to finish my community, they proceed to a nearby community called uh, Simbapong, and they uh, pass Simbapong and get to St. In some of them stopping at the Simbapong. When they get to St. They were asking the community, the Simbapong community members, to come to their St. Uh, 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 community for them to conduct the polling station uh, uh, elections. But the Simbaquan people say that the, the guidelines or rules that the election committee for Washington Central have set, they are going polling station by polling station. And Simbaquan, too, also has a polling station, but, but they couldn't stop there. But when they go to send, they finish the same uh, polling station, and then they, they have to return back to Simbaquan. But after they have finished, when they were at the same polling station, what happened was that... Uh, the young man that the constituency chairman mobilized for himself allegedly for his protection attacked the constituency financial secretary called isa e Jr. they attacked him they, they beat him up and then broke the back of what the, the the car glass so that happened yesterday
2: you yourself you were not attacked were you
5: yeah, I was at the community. I was very uh, careful. Other, than that, you know, in politics, we know. Okay, need so to so j- just
2: answer the question: Have you been attacked directly, no, personally? Uh, no, no, personal. I was not attacked. Okay, that's fine. Thank you. Let's leave yeah. it for here. Uh, here for oh. now. Thank you. That's Mohamed Abdul Sakiu, his deputy, national coordinator of the MPP in the West Central constituency. Mohamed Said, Said though, we are told was assaulted. Mister. Said, uh, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Quickly, who attacked you, and uh, how serious was that?
17: uh good evening for connecting me i'm one person is popular known as that's my facebook name it all happens today when a friend it all happens around 40 p.m today when a friend asked me to drop him at work on a motorbike i went and dropped that guy but on my way back to town I met a friend who told me that some men had seized his mobile phones. So I was with him. Suddenly, one of, uh, I was, suddenly, some men showed up carrying catalyzers. One of them started chasing me. And this was his words. This is the guy. Who has been supporting Hadiu Audi on Facebook? <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Huh? Hello? hello. Where
2: are you?
17: Um, I'm I'm in the house.
2: Okay. Were uh, you were you injured?
17: No, please. This, this, Have you reported
2: this to the police, What the assault on you?
17: No, I'm to go and do the formal complaint.
2: Okay. We'll come back to you after you, you filed a complaint so we can hear more on exactly what happened. Unfortunately, time um, is not on our side tonight, but thank you for speaking to us.
9: Oh, okay, okay.
2: That's Mohammed Said. He's uh, a member of the NPP in the War Central constituency alleging that he was assaulted. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3. CTFM. that be for the show tonight. My name is Omar Usanda Production by 6 Don Ulo, Beverly London, Anna Seidu and Zoe Abubedo Ado. Technical support from Daniel Squashy. We'll be back tomorrow at 17.30 GMT. Thank you for listening. <music>
12: City News. We speak first. Reach our hotline on 0302-976-732 and get interactive on Facebook, City 97.3 FM and Twitter at City 973.